0: Welcome, everybody, to NFTs in the arena. You with your host, Mike and John. What What's is that, up, Donald? Mike?
1: How are you doing, dude? How's it, everybody? <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I have a radio <laughs> voice. It well, let's super just go. Cool,
0: with it. Bro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, let's try that out. So, um, yeah, before for everyone that's listening, please, before we get into it, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and our yeah. social media channels. Uh, we've seen some good um, viewership coming week on week. And I think it's just based on the how regular we are with this podcast now. And you know what's so interesting? I've had random people like bumping to me that like yes, I yes. know through like friends, but like, Oh, no I've been way, listening to your dude. podcast. I'm like, What? Like most ra- like random yes, yes. like uh, acquaintances. So I know these people, but not like, that's it's super interesting. And I I don't know, I mean obviously you should be Yeah, yeah. Obviously grateful for that, but like I find myself like you sometimes apprehensive to actually ask them how they how they, mm-hmm. they enjoyed it because I don't believe mm-hmm. they would really be truthful if they don't really yeah. know you but anyway yeah please like and subscribe let's get into it the more likes we get the more popular we get the more uh the, the more better the content get, uh, mm-hmm. goes along so a few things that we wanted to talk about now so I think when we last actually had recorded we had spoken about the whole Logan Paul and Coffeezilla debacle that was going on on, um, on YouTube and there's a lot more that has come out since then. He's actually yeah, come I out and that. apologized. So you were somewhat um, shocked that he actually took uh, a lot of his um, his followers or his people that are influencers, as people would say, took them for a ride and they lost copious amounts of money. And he's actually come out now and said that he's, first of all, apologized to Coffee's a little but the most <laughs> lackluster apology I've ever seen. And what he's actually coming out and saying is that he's going to come out and dedicate or give away or give back essentially mm. $1.3 million yes. in Ethereum. But what immediately struck my mind is that Ethereum's price when it, uh, what it is now compared mm. to what it was at the time was mm. significantly mm. more. And now it's a lot less. So the money that he's putting in, is getting a lot more value mm. or bang for his buck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll get into that. And also one thing that we also wanted to speak about today is this whole surge now and this whole um, drive and this, this this sudden spike in mm. cryptocurrencies again, mainly um, Bitcoin and Ethereum and everything else that follows around that. And there's a few things that I myself would suggest has attributed to that because at least the beginning of the year, you watch a lot of these, the, these people in columnists, a lot of these guys in the financial world, a lot of these guys on Wall Street, A lot of these tech companies are laying off Mm. thousands of people. And this is typically tell all signs signs or early signs of us going into recession, which we effectively are in. But a lot of people would argue that now over December, when you look at um, the inflation, inflation has come down by virtue of the various metrics in which the, the United States and other governments around the world have instituted to drive down that inflation, which may actually give rise to the sudden influx of um fiscal um, policy into crypto and the likes so first of all jono let's go let's let's talk to actually the bitcoin and the ethereum um search that's going on now some people are talking about it being mm-hmm. are we going into the bull market again have we come out the bear markets and i know you have a lot to say on this so i'll just the uh, yeah, forward um, to you
1: it's very speculative dude like no one really knows what's what's up but the rally could be very dependent on the the World Economic Forum that's happening in Davos. I, th- I, th- I think it's been happening in recently. Dallas, yeah. yeah. As of late, look, I don't, I'm not, yeah, it's, it's, it's this, it's this past, yeah, this past week, this is the thing. Like I'm starting to feel that Bitcoin is very, very correlated with politics. So I'm, I'm super DeFi, dude. Like, like I don't even own Bitcoin. Let's put it that way. And with that being said, a lot of the 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 moves that are being played in in high parliament (laughs) in those those areas dude especially with even the dude from ripple that's that's talking at davos i heard i saw a tweet i think there's 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 just a lot of movement Mm -hmm. that's happening and this could be just trade this could be shorting the 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 market who knows but with that being said i think that there's a possibility that there could be a, a A bull run but it could just be a fake let's put it that way because we are theoretically in a year that should be going up but then again Bitcoin halving is happening um, I think next year towards the end of next year and with I think that's really when things are gonna start pumping Uh, that's when I believe Bitcoin is gonna find its uh, all-time high I don't think it's gonna happen this year there's even a possibility that it might even drop again. And some say, uh, I'll quote even Richard Hart, he reckons gonna push down to 11K. And that's interesting, cause that's super low. Uh,
0: yeah, no, I agree. I think, and there's various facets mm. to this, and I, you're quite right, it is very speculative. And I actually, I think I'm in agreement with you, with regards to, so I do think that next year, when the halving does happen, we will see, the the numbers in which we've seen back when uh, Bitcoin went to sixty thousand, because obviously there's now less um, in the market. The supply is is being halved, but I think like some things like Ethereum, like the, the Ethereum developers, that they're planning to enable yeah. stake ETH. Right, uh, stake ETH withdrawals by March, I think, twenty twenty five. Oh wow, that's one facet of it. Another facet would be like this whole FTX restructuring team. Right, the whole they obviously have a team now restructuring the organization. And they've effectively clawed back, I think, close to, what was it, $5 billion in lost assets, right? So this is now effectively giving people back that lost a lot of money, money back to them. And now they invested it into more safe um, Mm. cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin Mm. and um, Ethereum, I would imagine. One interesting thing that I saw, and I saw actually a video on it by a gentleman that was on YouTube. I can't remember his name, just came across um, when I was listening today. And... I don't know if you know this but el salvador yeah 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 yeah, in central america and south them. america i think it is is obviously they they invested a, a mm-hmm. lot of money into to bitcoin and they're actually driving and they want cryptocurrency to become form of their lo- uh, yes. f- uh, part of their local currency so at miss universe quite recently yeah. el salvador miss el salvador was when an outfit the Bitcoin logo, right? But the reason why I bring this up is because that, that yeah, it <laughs> that, that, that is. Because what's happening in Davos yeah, yeah. now is very political. Because what they were saying is even all these Russian oligarchs used to attend these events. Like, what are these billionaires doing at these kind of climate events? And I actually saw Gareth Cliff speak about this is that, um, and I think he was mm. commenting on an uh, Elon Musk tweet where this World Economic Forum. It's this government that they've created, yeah. but that no one actually wants this government, like they're making and dictating decisions. So I think El Salvador passes this landmark crypto bill that they, they're essentially paving the way for Bitcoin to be backed by bonds in their country. Another reason why probably mm. this has increased. Another thing around, like, I think AWS to offer one click node mm. deployment. There's things like that. And the one main thing that I, I think I, I, I find would have contributed to this the most would probably be this consumer prices that have, fall by, have fallen by 0.01%. Mm. As I mentioned okay. initially at the beginning of the podcast in December, which is in line with the expectations yes. of what economists were essentially saying. But all of this is speculative and it's very difficult to align the cryptocurrencies with the macroeconomic True. climate. But it will be interesting to see how things unfold also with the potential of I don't mean to say this, but we can't be naive to think that there won't be any form of a war because there's very good trade relationships mm, being established mm. between Russia and China now. And then you've got talk be- between relationships between Saudi and China, where they're actually discussing um, trade trade with, um, obviously with oil, but not yeah, using yeah, yeah, the US yeah. dollar yeah. As, as the they backing want to currency now it. anymore which I think a lot of these Eastern, exactly. And I think a lot of these things now is mm-hmm. going to create a lot of uncertainty in all markets, which will naturally impact and maybe actually create a bear market that we have never this
1: anticipated is, before. Look, like we've said, it's, it's super speculative. And like I actually searched now the, the, the halvings on the 30th of March, 2024. I thought it was the end of the year. So that's quite close. If you think about it, it's a year from now. I wouldn't say that's what would drive the rally right now. I do think it's a lot of um, what you mentioned with with the political structures that are happening around the world in Russia and China trying to depeg from the dollar. I think that's a big, big move, given that they're both totalitarian states, dude. And it's scary in its own right. We thought let's let's be in a, a world where everyone's uh, you know working together with a common goal. But it doesn't seem that way people have hidden agendas and this is the thing that uh, leads to the the world economic forum with um what's his name Klaus schwab as the the head (laughs) of that whole organization and it's interesting if you look at his back-end story bro like i feel like he's like a virtual digital hitler of of our day and age and he's he's literally not (laughs) he's not using his uh, the, the tactics that hitler used back in the day but he's using some smart fucking uh, methods, bro, and he's gathering a lot of important people that seem to thrive off this this power game and money and all this all this shit. So it's it's interesting how it's gonna pan out. But with that being said, um, I do think that. Yeah, Bitcoin is gonna probably do a bit of a bear flag once it's gone up to where it needs to, and then it's gonna come down and just run like this until the halving. I think the halving is really gonna put us in a, a good position. But also going back to your point with the bit. Bear- so, yeah. in, in, in saying, yeah. sorry, Jonathan, before you go
0: on. So obviously we have people listening to this and trying to take some form of knowledge from. Yes. Amongst all the stuff that we talk about outside of crypto. Would you so in saying that? What it sounds like, you almost say it's going to come to a plateau and and sit until this halving occurs next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just your opinion, Definitely. right? Nothing with are talking here is, is factual, right? And we just we just it's, it's just uh, opinionated, and that's the one thing that we, I love about doing this is that mm, we're mm. not saying that we're right or wrong. But in your opinion, if you like, I know you just mentioned yeah. that you don't invest in, in Bitcoin, but say let, let's play the hypothetical mm. card: you yes. are investing in Bitcoin, you're holding Bitcoin. Would you wait for a few more months to invest in more Bitcoin? Because currently, now today it's when we are recording um, on the 18th of January 2023, it's yeah just about 20,000 Ethereum's just about uh, one and a half mm. thousand, just just below that. Would you wait to go buy more? Because what you're saying to me it sounds like if it's going to trade at this level for the next year until the halving, where effectively or well, essentially it will it will get to the rates that it was in the, in 2018 yeah. and 2020, Look, right? Uh, would you I, invest? I would you buy now Bitcoin because I now? think
1: it's uh, people selling the rumor. Uh, I have a feeling this 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 rally is a bit of a, a fake out. So if you bought, let's say, uh, what's if you bought the f fir-
0: the Bitcoin mm, fake out, if you bought on the first of
1: Jan, I think you'd be you should be selling mm. today a bit of your Bitcoin, moving it into a stable coin. But I wouldn't uh, buy right now. I would probably wait for it to drop like i said as there's a possibility we could hit 11k this year and if i was going to invest in bitcoin i'd wait for something around that region Um, because you must remember that if the halving is going to happen in march we're going to start seeing rallying from jan maybe even a little bit of a fake out towards the end of the year just to uh you know our traders are bro and especially these big boys look Mm -hmm. i know that guys like michael saylor that are buying a dollar cost averaging they don't give a shit. they just keep buying uh which is a good thing if you're a bitcoin maxi like for instance i'm a zen maxi i just keep buying i'm I'm not going to try and time it because i do believe having a lot more time in the market is more beneficial because you start to see how this wave starts to work like even if you if i was checking the bitcoin charts as often as I check Zen ZenChart, I would start to understand what's kind of happening, right? And that's exactly what people that are in Bitcoin are doing, any Ethereum, and any actually, any coin really. Um, so, so what's happening? What's happening for Zen now? Because I can tell you now, a lot
0: of people that are listening to this no, probably don't all. know too much about Zen. Not I know not. we've spoken about it, and we, we mm. and we, we we we've invested in it, but like. What, what are some of the trends that you... Because I agree, a lot of people that will probably listen to this are mm. maybe not avid investors or maybe checking Bitcoin at least, yeah. at the very least, on a daily basis. like What are some of the trends that you're identifying that's obviously giving you this hope? And For me, one is intact? the first
1: principles, bro. Um, like, look, when, when crypto was incepted, it was fundamentally based on first principles, you know, the whole DeFi, decentralized finance. Focusing on the individual and how they can curate their financial um, sphere. And I find Zen being the, the the epitome of that right now. The reason why I say that is because it doesn't have an OA, which Bitcoin does. What I mean by that is Satoshi holds pretty much 51% of the Bitcoin. So whoever that may be, we don't know who that is. It could be the CIA, it could be anyone really and they could just pull that plug in any moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The fact that there's some unknown dude (laughs) that is holding the the majority of the supply, and you've never heard from them since, tells me something. And much like uh, if you were to look at Hex, for instance, it also has an OA. 90% of the supply is owned by Richard Hart. And this is a good thing and a bad thing because the good thing, the upside to it is that Richard Hart can control the, the, the cell pressure by holding so much. So if he really believes in his community and the the, the vision, we would all have faith that he's not going to pull the plug on that's known as rug pull. Um, but when you look at Zen, it doesn't have any of that. There's no one, not even the founder, Jack Levine, can say, okay, guys, fuck you, I'm out, and pull the plug on it. It's immutable. It works without him even being there. So this is the the, the yes, which is it very operates fundamentally important to me as a as a yeah as an investor. And the beauty the second part <laughs> the second beauty to Zen is that you mint it. You don't even need to invest and use your own money. You just need to be able to uh, substantiate the gas fee in the transaction in order to mint the, the asset in, into the future. So it's a, it's basically like, a, 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 like Hex is a time deposit, this is a, the inverse where you wait for your, you mint into the future. So like you can create five days, 10 days, but those aren't really profitable because you'll be paying, depending on the guai, you could be paying five to $10 uh, just to re- receive <laughs> not even a dollar's worth of zen so this is why it allows you to yeah, you know, push to about sense. 465 days, I think it might be. I could be wrong. Uh, and this is where if you look at the maths and you start to do it like it's very technical, you start to see it's very profitable at the price action it is right now. Who knows how that's going to skyrocket because the market cap's only at about $8.5 million. And that's super small, bro, for a, a, a crypto that has so much momentum. Like it's literally like, changing the way hexagons look at because it's an interesting thing it's like hexagons versus onions i know it's 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 very uh should i say correlated to those two domains but for me initially i I thought hexagons were the the smartest people in crypto and i still believe that they are Um, but for them to start to question that and start to look at zen tells me something very valuable so yeah it's 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 interesting times And do you think so? You, you obviously know
0: who the the individuals are that actually created mm-hmm. the, the, these cryptocurrencies, right? So obviously Richard Hart. Um, do you do you think there's ever going to be a form of collusion? Because like, right, you, I remember, and I obviously mm. follow a lot of the, these accounts on Twitter, uh, especially the, the Hex as well as XEN. And you yes, almost see people yes, like jumping ship yes. from one to the other and vice versa, and. So speaking to your thing and your your you're very skeptical mm, around mm. like Bitcoin, for example, because yes. of obviously the reasons you've just stipulated. What if and I think is what I've come to learn and we're gonna get into mm. the conversation now about Logan Paul, because it kind of speaks to this point now. Yes. Who the yeah. hell do you trust? Right. Because no one can be it. trusted in this space, Jeez. regardless even if you know this person, right? So let's say, let's get into that because it's something that is so still mind boggling for me is that how Individuals like this Logan Paul guy. After that, we spoke about it. How he essentially took all his his people mm. that he supposedly loves for ride. Right? They invested so much money, and he's only giving back one point three million dollars. I when mean, you look at the amount of money that people lost in total, it's, it's over seven million dollars, right? So he's come out now, and it speaks to the point that we've spoken mm. about mm. before about this matrix yes. in which Andrew Tate always refers to, and how. Um, this whole work culture kind of is feeling, yeah. feeding into this, this yeah, matrix yeah. thing. It's almost the gasoline that's driving it. Right. And this, this guy now, this open Paul guy that was so arrogant about and speaking. So, um, proudly of he, this crypto zoo and the, this page to play, we spoke about and you play, you get paid in these mm. zoo coins, and this is how you make money. And essentially people bought into these zoo coins. And he's like saying he's come out and essentially now played, the blame game and kind of shifted the blame and taken accountability away from himself, essentially saying, I'll pay back this 1.3, but it's not my fault that people actually invested Mm, in this. mm. It's just, you know know what I mean? But like he gave that perception because he has over 20 million people following him on YouTube. He's an influencer. And I don't believe people like Mm. that deserve Mm. to be in positions that they are. Yes. You can argue that they deserve Mm. to be there because they've somehow hustled, but they've lied their way through that. And the crazy thing for me, and it just speaks to so many things that we see in, the, in society today. Yeah. How naive people are, dude. Definitely. You see it a lot in South Africa mm. now, like with this whole load shedding thing. People are continuously complaining, mm. but mm. is it the right people complaining? Is it the majority of the population? Probably not, because majority of the population is not as educated as the people that are, have access this to the technologies it. to complain about this. And there's ways in which they manipulate in the load shedding because they are doing load shedding schedules that are more favorable. In these areas where majority of their voters are, and not favorable <laughs> in the areas where minority are. My point is that people are so naive to think that what's going on no. is face value, where it truly is not. Again, this yes, whole thing with real. the COVID vaccines now—that's coming out. There's that that Grant Cardone, that massive entrepreneur. Every single day, they're having these Twitter spaces what? with doctors from all around the world commenting on why are kids getting vaccines? How many how many athletes, young mm. athletes? are having heart attacks because they had supposed and mm. no one is saying that is the vaccine, but a lot of people are questioning, why aren't you thinking about that as a facet of this going back to my point. Now with Logan Paul is that he's come out and apologize in this video mm. and essentially told Coffeezilla he apologizes and he's crying and he's weeping because now mm. he's at risk mm. of being canceled. And this is my point is that a lot of people, following yes. these guys without thinking of the repercussions it's the same thing as investing in a cryptocurrency and you think you know who the the, mm-hmm. the guy is that's backing whether it's rich yes. or hard whoever it is how do you trust these people which is what the biggest thing around cryptocurrency and NFTs is, is that a lot of people are skeptical and don't trust it the amount of conversations i get into people because obviously yeah. by virtue of our position was sports finder and being a digital collectible platform and selling NFTs amongst other things is that people obviously try to ridicule really it. And I can understand that because this is how the market is portrayed it. but wasn't cryptocurrency and blockchain invented to actually mm. go against what we're talking Unique. about to provide that trust yes. to decentralize these finances. It's, 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 it's so it's so interesting for me. And I remember learning about blockchain technology several years ago and thinking, okay, mm. this is gonna be the way, the truth, the life. And it is currently being leveraged in every yeah. form of technology yeah, 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 yeah. now. And ChatGPT, we can speak about now. Yeah, I'm using it. Anymore, I'm using man. it every day, man. <laughs> I'm using it every day. Fantastic. Mm. Those of you that listening, okay, before Ooh. we get into, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Next thing is check ChatGPT. We'll put the, the link into mm. our description of how you can get there. And, Jonah, yeah. I'm going to let you comment on what I've just said. Then I also want you to speak about yeah.
1: your experience with ChatGPT. Yeah, there's a lot of FUD happening in, 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 a, in a world that should be predicated on trust. And that's the one reason why crypto has come to us. And it's because we're in the age of trust, bro. And we've spoken about this before. But unfortunately, the dudes that, that run these, these projects and these cryptocurrencies are developers. So they have an upper hand on most people. And this is the thing, if I was going to give any advice, it would be to start to learn cryptography, start to learn basic coding, JavaScript, Python, <laughs> just so that people can't walk over you. Because the thing is, we jump into crypto, if you go and you read the white paper and you start to read the code, you'll start to understand what's, what's actually really happening. You'll be able to point out if this dude is a faker or not, just based on the code. But for most people, they don't even know what the fuck's going on, bro. They're just going with the the, the hype, yeah. So, mm. Depos, sorry to defos. interrupt you,
0: but it's going to add value to this point now. So when I was when I was actually looking mm. into this whole crypto zoo thing with um, Logan Paul, one of these these things that because this thing came out last mm. year, in September, and I, I know I'm hopping on this, but my point is to essentially. Educate our listeners yes. on that. Don't trust everything that you see. I mean, what we're speaking about here, Definitely. we're open Definitely. to be uh, criticized, and we're not speaking from factual things. It's just how we how we perceive things. And I'm open to 100%. have anyone come on here and disagree with us. But like he had mm. claimed, and to build up this whole perception that this project was going to be lucrative, is essentially when he came out and said mm. he has a massive mm. team backing this whole crypto zoo project, and he's invested. Yeah. 1 million dollars right a million dollars is a significant mm. amount of money regardless of which way you look at it but when you go look at it and you look at the, the tech stack it was just a fork of uh, yes. a layer on top of a blockchain technology where he gave the perception that they had invented a whole new smart contract the smart contract yeah. was a yeah, yeah. fork of an existing one and then you go look at the actual mm. the, the, the designs of so that the, the pay to play thing and the crypto zoo thing was, was essentially you play you get your animals, you, you have your <laughs> animals mate. So you get like a, a gorilla and a kitten. And it's like a gorilla kitty, I think it's called. Seriously, it's, it's just how crazy it is, dude. It's <laughs> so cute. It's unfathomable. Oh it's it's yeah. super funny if you ask me. But the, the, the thing is mm. that, so you play mm. then and you play it to earn and you get these zoo coins. But even the images in mm. which they were putting out to promote this thing was like stock images from oh, like no, the internet, but... dude, like from Adobe. And people believe this. but My reason why I bring this up is yeah, because yeah, yeah. people do not do their due diligence, even if it's the people they truly uh, respect.
1: And that's why these influencers totally should be bro. held accountable. And they, they're leveraging people's, uh, um, I don't want to use greed, but they they need to try and make money fast. I do believe with, with chat GPT and AI in general, it's going to nullify a lot of um, work opportunity. And it's going to be pushing people that know how to prompt and know how to create and with that being said it's going to it's going to force an industry of play to earn and i really believe this is going to be it's like that that game oh that movie ready player one where everyone's just up in their shit playing and that's i see that being the foreseeable future bro like most people are playing games now most people are watching netflix eventually that's going to be your life, but the way you engage with that software will determine how you can fund your life. Because if you don't have a job, because trucks and shit are gonna drive by themselves, AI is gonna do all the law work, all this crap, people are gonna need money to sustain a life. And this is where I do see play to earn kind of projects being a, a very valuable facet in the future, but then again, it comes down to competency, bro. Like not some dude that's trying to you know, get clout from jumping onto a, 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 a project just because it's nuanced and new. I just think that there's a lot of potential in the space, but it will need to be driven by individuals that are competent in, in, in software and have a vision as to what they're trying to achieve. I don't think Logan Paul was that dude. I do think he could be an ambassador for, for something in the future, um, but that's whether he's around still. <laughs> when it comes to his, his old, you know, who knows whether he gets cancelled or not. But yeah, like I, I, I do see that play to earn kind of projects being very valuable. And like, let's put it this way like, Fortnite, let's take Fortnite for, for instance. If you could earn real time value, whether it's through fiat or whatever, I think people will be a lot more engaged. It it could be detrimental in the short term as everyone's going to just be playing and then not focusing on the things they're currently doing. But there's going to come a time when it might need to be that way just because there's no other opportunities for people to do or work in. And... Like I mentioned, if you don't know how to code, if you don't know how to understand programming, language, cryptography, how are you going to transact without using your your ability to play and engage with the software in a way that's beneficial for the top dogs? Because that's how I see it happening, bro. There's going to be no middle class in the future. It's going to be fuck rich people and people. I don't want to say they're poor because that would be, uh, um, you know, downgrading the people that are in that sector. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to turn out much like that. And Hunger, Hunger Games was a, an interesting prediction of that. And I do think that <laughs> Hollywood <laughs> and media in general put out these little nuggets of information that if you really read into it, it starts to make sense.
0: Do, do do you think that this, 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 this wealth disparity, because I think we've spoken about it a few times, and obviously coming from South Africa, now I live in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. I think the gap is more prominent in a country, a third world country like South Africa, but you're starting to notice it a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more prevalent here in the United States. I'm noticing it not only because of um, what the, the data is showing, but I'm just seeing it visibly on the streets. The amount of homeless people, the amount of evictions that are have happening post COVID now, you can't even um, say that it's only for COVID. And the amount of people that are leaving places like California, because it's just becoming incredibly unaffordable and they're going to states that are for now affordable, but what does that cause? It causes this whole supply and demand uh, economic um, drive. And I agree, I do think that we are heading into very turbulent times. And I think individuals that are in power and individuals that are Set for life, like Elon Musk, when they're saying that they believe the way in which the world is is moving towards is going to be a better place. But one thing I wanted uh, mm. to end off with is obviously Chat GPT. And speaking about Elon Musk and this whole Neuralink thing, I've been using Chat GPT now for the last um, few days, and I suppose the beginning of the year. The amount of information that obviously you get mm. and the accuracy of the information is questionable. But the way in which yeah. it is structured yeah. is admirable. I love that because you can ask, like, for example, anyone that's never used ChatGPT before, you can ask it, write me a business plan for a company, for mm. a coffee shop that I'm trying to open up in East L.A. Boom, it'll give you step by step. It'll give you information that you probably mm. had never thought about. And the more you add to that chat, the more um, it hones down and the more accurate it gets and mm. more specific to what you're trying to achieve there. Yeah. Speaking to people losing their jobs now, because why yeah. do I need to hire a, a copywriter or a content creator or even a business person, because now I can just have this mm-hmm. do it and do it or, or be automated. But yeah. I think now the opportunities are coming Definitely, with regards to open AI. How do you leverage this technology through um, API connections, whatever that may be? It's because, for example, I'm sure everyone that's watching this and that has Instagram or social media would have seen all these AI profile pictures of people. Right, everyone is posting these pictures on themselves, and what there was it was an app. I think one yeah. of what, there was a few. There was one called Luna, where they effecti- effectively had a plugin from an open AR source that you could go onto for free mm. online outside of this Luna thing and get these images for free. What they did is they monetized it. They just made it a, a better user experience, and you paid whatever ten dollars for yeah, your photos. Yeah. This is where the opportunities are going to come. People start need to start thinking about how they can leverage this open source technology to make, um, um, I wouldn't say a quick a quick buck, because, mm, mm. but I do think it will be short-lived because the, this, this whole stock image thing of getting this AI thing,
1: yeah, once one
0: person picks up on that, everyone can do that. But the interesting thing was that I'll, I'll, I'll speak, I was speaking to Xenia, who's a, a doctor, and I was telling her about my experience with AI, and she was saying, in the emergency department, when people come in, sometimes they're having to wait one hour, two hours because these hospitals in the United States, and I'm sure around the world, are understaffed because these corporates are becoming money hungry mm-hmm. and taking as, squeezing as much money out of that. And it's actually crazy because some hospitals are actually closing right. down because of this this corporate greed. But what she was saying to me, whilst people are waiting in, waiting in, the, in the emergency room, what if they were to be able to utilize an AI technology to right, what they're feeling, all these symptoms, what they're doing, and as opposed to using what like chat GPT is doing, because there's nothing sure. verifying sure. what information you're getting from chat GPT, It's mm-hmm. pulling it from the internet, right? So if you have your mm-hmm. own, mm-hmm. your own chat GPT, your medical one, where it's taking yes. all medical documents or white yes. papers or research articles or theses, getting you the most accurate information in real time. So by the time you actually see that patient and you actually see the conversation they've had with this, this AI you can come to a better conclusion and save you a lot of time, which will make your life a lot more effective and actually help you identify mm. and the, the symptoms a lot easier and what way forward it could be. My point of bringing this up is that there's going to be massive opportunity utilizing and leveraging, leveraging this technology. And the I time is totally now to bro. start thinking about
1: um, it. I, I don't know what the, I, I could be mistaken. There was a movie. I don't know if it's South African, but there, it was based in South Africa called Chappie. Uh, which was like, um, you know, future dystopian vibe. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The guys from the th- Anpo. <laughs> that they had this kind of AI yeah, technology yeah. in that, where you could heal yourself. You jump into like a like a pod, and it picks up what's going on with you, and then it, it pretty much manipulates and mitigates the situation. And this goes hand in hand with that kind of uh, approach, because. I do think people in the medical field are looking to that and finding that they can create a database of um, parameters that all lead to this this software that can diagnose, it can essentially create efficiency for for the next step. You know, there's a lot of, like even I went to the chiropractor yesterday and I was filling out a form and took like 15 minutes and I was like, damn, if I didn't come here, 15 minutes earlier, I would have gone into my time, which is could lead to a latency, you know, throughout the day. If every person just arrives on time and then still needs to fill in the form, so I was like, that definitely can be mitigated just by web two applications, bro. Send me the form, fucking by email, and I'll fill it out and before I arrive. But there's things that eventually will arise where, as I arrive, because the doctor asked me a whole bunch of questions, you know. Uh, what are you taking chronic medication all this bullshit this an AI can easily do you know it has it like a little iPad what's up dit 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 dit. boom as I rock up to see the, the the physician she or he will know exactly what the next step is based on the 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 um, you know the output that the AI gave based on my internal inputs So this is a very interesting thing dude and a great opportunity. For, for people in the medical field to optimize on that. And any field really, and this is the thing dude, like what I mentioned earlier on, the people that know how to create and utilize this software are gonna be the future entrepreneurs of the world. And this leads to what Naval Ravikan said once. He believes that one of the biggest assets, or should I say one of the most valuable forms of um, metrics will be ideas. So, if all these other things are being solved through AI, an idea is something it cannot really, you know, create unless it's sentient, um, which we can argue this whether it will build a consciousness. But it's our ability to to be creative uh, as individuals that's going to lean itself into where the industry goes. Like just for instance, what Ksenia was saying, if she starts to work on that with someone or with you and start to build on that that's already an idea coming to fruition and this is how we optimize using ai like there's nothing there's no real value in just asking it questions all the time unless you're building and with if you look at the the concept of building it's pretty on uh, uh, the notion of an idea or vision and that's where the the, the future dudes and chicks are going to be bro it's those people that have a vision, that understand the technology as well, that are going to make a huge difference in the future.
0: <laughs> and with that note, we've come to the end, Jono. Yeah, bro. Awesome, 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 awesome man. All uh, right, before we jump off, everyone that's listening, please again, like and subscribe. Um, the more you do that, the
1: more we move up, the more we grow. Jono.
0: As always, you have a, you have well, a closing look, I, remark I don't, for the but
1: audience? I, based on what we've been talking about, I think it's very valuable to, to do your due diligence and um, yeah, your own research, be independent, don't just be a follower. I know we all fall susceptible to these, these um, traits, but we cannot be uh, in a position to let go of, of our ability to question things. And being of critical thinking?
0: Well look, mm. I think what you've just spoken about mm. is kind of what Albert Einstein said, learn from yesterday, live for today and hope for tomorrow. An important thing is yeah. to yeah. Yeah. never stop questioning. Amazing man. And on that note, I think Definitely, we can end bro. off because I think that is so true. All right, thank you everyone. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, much love. See you again. Take care, man. Sweet.